Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories. Write copy that feels good. It's the no fluff copywriting podcast that teaches you to write copy you can feel good about and gets you more clients along the way. I'm your host, Jayati Vora, and I'm here to give you a shot of masala for your writing, a way for business owners like you to write copy your way, in your voice, with practical writing tips you can put into action right away. Let's find your words together. Today, we're doing something a little different. I'm taking you behind the scenes of a coaching call I had with Delphine O'Keefe, who wanted my feedback on a page of our website. Delphine is a psychotherapist and an intuitive guide, and she helps soulful women to alchemize self-doubt into deeper self-trust so that they can share their inner wisdom and magic with the world while enjoying flourishing lives, work, and relationships. So Delphine and I hopped on a call and we looked at a page on her site where people could learn more about private sessions with her. The conversation was so gripping that we blew way past our allotted time and spent 15 minutes on just the top inch, inch and a half of that web page. I edited down the call so we're listening in at the point where we've already talked about the top navigation bar and the logo on her site and are now diving into the rest of what's visible on the screen before you have to scroll. Let's listen in. All right, private sessions. I love your colors. So this, if, if you just look at the stop part, right, of your site, I have a very big monitor, so I have the space. But say if you are on like a 13-inch, right, and maybe this is your space. Notice how much real estate is being taken by your top nav, the thing that says private sessions, and that's all it says. And then there's a lot of white space. And then your headline, joyful soul expression, one-to-one coaching. Mm -hmm. I have reached, in journalism, we call this above the fold. On websites, I think we can call it above the scroll. You have a very limited amount of time to capture people's attention. And they need to see enough in that first image before they are asked to do any work, even if it's so much as like hit a page down. They need to see enough there on that first screen to intrigue them to keep scrolling and to keep reading. Yeah. And so I want you to think about what is the impression that somebody is getting when they see this first page? And is that enough? Like, what is joyful soul expression? And is that enough to make me want to know? Right? Because here you mm -hmm. just have private sessions. Like, I don't know yeah. what that is. Again, you have to think about people are coming to you. And they're like, you don't know where they're coming from. It's not like you know that everybody's going to come in from your homepage, where they get a sense of who you are, or they're first going to read your about page. And then they, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so whatever page of your website that somebody lands on, they should get a sense of, okay, this is who Delphine is. This is what she does. I'm in the right place. Okay. So yeah. some of it is just like use of space right here and here. I'm a big fan of like white space in terms of having things look clean and uncluttered, but this might be too much. A bit too much. Yeah, I think I was trying to compensate for the fact that it is quite kind of text heavy lower down by at least, you know, easing people in with a little bit of void space. But that's the wrong place to do it with the the top of the press like above the fold. 
I see what you mean because you have a lot of things that are just undifferentiated. So there are different mm-hmm. ways to to make it easier to scan. I actually did a podcast episode on this last summer in Ooh, I'll be listening. Two, um, and it's a two-part episode on how to make your writing more scannable. And I think there would be loads of tips in there for you. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, font is definitely one of them, layout how you put things so here you have everything center centered and then you have everything left aligned and then you have like things centered again so you know just that's one way to do it font size using a different font for your um you know for your headline and subhead versus your text body is another one um Mm -hmm. you know bolding things you've done some of that here um the colors also i don't mind the the sort of like is this a green or a teal i don't know what to call this color yeah it's one of the global colors in the in my, on my wordpress yeah it's very pretty i don't I, I i don't know that i love it for a lot of text yeah like for a headline or a subheading mm-hmm. you know this is not light enough to be a problem, um, but for some people who, um, you know, who have bad eyesight, you want to be careful about not enough contrast. I think this is fine, um, especially when you bold it. I think it's easier to read, but just something is, to keep yeah. in mind. Okay, so joyful soul expression, one-to-one coaching. Trust your innate feminine wisdom, power, and magic and allow your true nature and desires to shape how you live, work, relate, and create. Um, This is the copy editor in me. What's with all the random capitalizations? (laughs) I don't know. Trying to break it up a little, make it make those words really, you know, stand out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a bit of a... It's not helpful, actually, now that I look at it with fresh eyes. I thought it sort of... Yeah. yeah, this has with me this inextricable correlation with press releases. And my first job, one of the things that I, one of the parts of my job was like all the press releases for products and perfumes. I worked at a men's magazine, a men's feature magazine, and we had like okay. a recommendations column for all new products or perfumes. I don't know, there were some categories. And so it was my job to like look through them and, you know, elevate some of them. And this is what I this is what this capitalization does for me. I'm like, oh god, it's a press release. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's probably where it's coming from because I used to work on press releases too, not for my own work. Oh. It was a lot easier to write them for other people. I just can't see my own work so clearly, you know. So yeah, yeah lose the yeah. capitals. Lose the capitals. All yeah. right. So I'm very intrigued by this idea of feminine wisdom, power, and magic. Can you tell me more about what you help? your clients do what does that mean trust in it and allow your true nature and desires to shape how you live work relate and create this is very Mm -hmm. abstract to me so i i want to understand what you mean it's really about you know women trusting their inner nudges and their way of living that's more organic and kind of true to themselves Mm -hmm. and their particular needs so a lot of the time i work with people who are um more intuitive, sensitive, empathic, um, and quite kind of, well, quite psychic, and who are sort of living within the confines of, you know, the the kind of 
patriarchal context that we all live in and um, not bringing forth their gifts, their soul gifts. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? You know, it's I suppose some of the language will resonate with people who kind of use that language as well. Mm. But um, how it shows up often is kind of women feeling guilty for having for feeling different, like feeling a bit weird and different and like there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. because they are attuned to the magic and the unseen and the different realms and they sense and know things quite intuitively mm -hmm. and then kind of feeling guilty about like honoring their needs in their personal relationships and how they organize their days and how they you know shape their work and mm -hmm. all of that kind of thing letting their inner cues and their inner nudges be what shapes their day what leads their lives like letting their soul their deeper essential selves shape their lives mm how that shows up how that frustration shows up it shows up often with like guilt guilt for wanting life to be different even though they kind of have it good under the current you know everybody most people would say they have it good but they know there's more mm -hmm. and they feel guilty for wanting to you know not be so like work 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 orientated and for um it's like a lot of guilt and shame feelings for wanting to like wanting more from life it's like you have enough you have kids you have a family but they want more and they know they're capable of expressing more there's a lot of maybe creative potential or deep wisdom inside of them that has been shamed out of them and so there's a lot of guilt and shame and then there's also a lot of like striving so a lot of women that i work with actually know quite a lot about themselves and know a lot about human design astrology about the inner child about the inner critic they've done a lot of reading and working and kind of striving but when i meet them it's that point where they're just still using the old paradigm ways to try and actually you know heal and grow and it's a lot about integrating all that awareness so people come to me even sometimes they're like a lot of lingo about the nervous system and that kind of thing mm -hmm. but they're not really they're still applying the same old way of doing things and they're really in their heads and not trusting their bodies knowing and not trusting their body's needs and their emotional cues and all that kind of thing so it's really like about integrating the masculine and the feminine energies as well. So I know like some people really put that to the fore in their messaging and it's there a little bit lower down in mine, mm -hmm. but I'm maybe not sure exactly kind of where to pitch it, like in terms of the stage of the journey that people are at. No, you said a lot. Um, what I want to know is if you were to illustrate this, if you were making a movie, how would you film this without a voiceover? Oh, that's such a juicy question. What these women <laughs> who are struggling with guilt and shame and not integrating their energies and sort of feeling like there's something wrong with them. On the other side of your coaching, what does it look like when they do trust their innate feminine wisdom, power and magic? And when they do allow their, their self, they, 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 they are in touch with who they are and they live an honest life. What, what, what does that look like? So, I mean, I think a lot in symbols and archetypes. So it's sort of the infinity symbol of harmony, you know, and balance and equilibrium. It's like harmonizing different aspects of themselves, coming into harmony with themselves. So what does that look like? You are a film director or you are the actual cinematographer. You are shooting this. What are you shooting? What are you pointing the camera at? Um, it instantly goes into quite cliched imagery, so I'm resistant to like verbalizing it, but it's very expansive and flowy and grounded and earthy at the same time. So it's like a woman in a in a natural space. Okay, yeah. woman in okay, so human, great. I was like earthy, flowy. I was like, where, where that still doesn't. It's not concrete. Okay, so where it's like a woman, yes, a woman like I don't know, in nature somewhere on a beach in a forest 
really um, peaceful energy. It's almost like the, the before would be quite contracted and really, um, this is really helpful for me to make it more concrete because <laughs> I talk so much in energies yeah. and vibes. And um, you know, that, that's fine in a yeah. way. And, and your people, you know, it sounds like they come to you and they are already speaking that language. So it's not a, a big leap. But when somebody is buying something for themselves, they want to know what they're going to get out of it. Yeah. Right? So I there's mean, something about voice that comes to mind. So it's like it's a woman being seen and being visible. So she's in a context where she's expressing herself and she's speaking really clearly and being really heard, whether that's, you know, saying her needs in a personal relationship without any fear, like asking for her needs and desires to be met and saying, you know, how it is um, so without fear. That That is a lot. That is really powerful, right? It sounds so simple, but it can actually be super scary to ask for what you want. Yeah, it's like being heard by a partner, being heard by a co-worker, a mother-in-law, whatever it is. And then also like being really expressed like creatively. So that would look like, you know, a woman making her art, expressing herself in her body, like dancing. And it's so interesting as I talk because I can actually, like I'm actually in contact with some of that repression and shame about like that being, you know, a thing that, that would be seen by the world because mm -hmm. it's been made to be really cheesy and really like, denigrated you know mm, mm. that it's that kind of free expression of women is immediately like it can be like as naff as like a tampon ad you know or kind of it's been really appropriated you know by a lot of products so it's a very kind of simple pure version of that i think when it feels cheesy is when people are trying to use this language in a way that doesn't really that doesn't really tie in with what they're selling or it's yeah. it's incidental that's not what you are doing and so i also think that if you have something super specific let me ask you this another way okay when you work with clients what do they come to you for so that's been evolving as well a lot of the time they're coming to me for inner child healing they actually say that they're like i know i need to go back and do some of this they're, but what they're actually experiencing in their lives is they get upset about things and they get really frustrated with themselves and frustrated with other people. Mm. Um, they're annoyed at themselves that they know a lot of stuff and yet they can't just put down healthy boundaries without it being a big guilt fest mm. or they want to live in this way. Like another image I'm getting is, you know, living in a very devotional way. So having a sacredness in life, being able to be in that kind of priestess role in their own lives, mm. you know, which is the role that, and again, that language, I really, it's so hard to say it in a way that doesn't mean, you know, different things to different people, but being able to kind of appreciate the simple beauties in life and bring the sacredness, weave the sacredness into very ordinary things like, you know, being with the kids, being in work, doing whatever, and, and having a kind of um, a sense of ritual and mm. a flow of life that's really attuned. So it's like, yeah, like well rested you know, like really nourished, really supported by your community, supported by the hours that you work. But um, yeah, I kind of lost track of what I was saying there. But um, you, you, you gave me, you gave me two great examples, and I think even the sacredness, we can find a way to talk about it. But you said that you know they just get upset a lot, and they don't, they can't control themselves, right? You said they get upset about small things, or, or they turn it against themselves. They like self, self doubt and self flagellate a lot okay, like so they're really hard on themselves okay so hard on themselves so if i'm taking those two just you know that could translate to um getting 
disproportionately frustrated with a kid who won't pick up his toys or a partner who hasn't done the dishes and you know the reaction is just you know or, or there's an outburst at a family dinner and everybody turns around to look at you because you know why did you get so upset about such a small thing hmm. or maybe the self doubt is you're you're at a conference or you're at a meeting and you want to ask a question and your hand shoots up because inside you want to ask a question but then it takes a minute for them to come around to you and then in that time you've put your hand down because now you've yeah. started to doubt what you wanted to say or you wanted to ask mm-hmm. and you see how what i'm describing is something concrete is like something that can be filmed something that can be illustrated and the mm-hmm. reason that i'm pushing you to do that is because when you have abstract language okay so trust feminine wisdom power magic true nature desire these are all abstract words and abstract nouns that is mm-hmm. not something that creates a mental picture in your mind that creates work for the brain to understand mm-hmm. what you mean and because it's abstract and not attached to concrete language different people can have different meanings from what this is right different people understand it differently that's not to say that you have to be completely prescriptive but if you want somebody to come on this page and say oh yeah i want what she's selling they have to be able to see it as being able to help them another way to think about this is when you when you start to write and you notice that okay i'm i'm getting into this trap of abstract language only you want to push yourself and say so that so trust your innate feminine wisdom power and magic so that you can speak up in boardroom meetings so that yeah. you can um you know uh and, and and don't and don't fall into the trap of continuing with this abstract language so don't say so that you can shine your light brightly no that's another abstract thing that's still abstract so yeah, you so say like so that you can speak up in 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 meetings with executives or whatever it is right like something concrete yeah. so can you the see it can you example. touch it can you feel it I, i use this all the time like think of yourself as the movie director what are you filming mm. what is the scene right because then you you you, know, you don't have a voice over you need to film something something needs to be in front of the camera yeah right and so then once you have that and the best one of the best ways to get that is to just look at your existing clients what how how does this work that you do with them how does it manifest in their lives how does it make a difference what do their lives mm-hmm. look like that is different now than it was before so maybe before they were you know they were just in a constant state of frustration around their family and they just couldn't all this frustration spilled over and now they find that they have more patience maybe there are actual techniques that they have or maybe it's just you know they find that doing one thing at one time and being mindful and present just opens up the store of patience that they never knew they had you know and what does that look like that looks like even though you've stepped on a pokey lego for the eighth time in that single day <laughs> you know you are able to uh, clean up with your kid over a song as opposed to a scream yeah right so it's like Yeah, lower down I have like, you know, here's some of the things you might be experiencing and we're going to do this so that you can do that. So but some of that would definitely not be clear without a voice over in a movie. So it, could it be something even like um that you could arrange your daily schedule 
with enough time for yourself without feeling guilt. Like yes. that's visceral, even if it's yes. not really explained in a Fellini movie style. Like, no. or you could, yeah. you know, be kinder to yourself when you flip. When you flip at the, you know, could you be kinder to yourself when you get stuff wrong, or like have more patience with yourself and your family, that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, there are parts where you can actually uh, sketch out a scene in words that can illustrate that. But even that, like, be kinder to yourself, make space for yourself in your in your calendar, so you're not just rushing all the time, or you know, having more mm. patience. Those are a, a little bit more specific and somebody could read that and say oh my god that's what I need because I find myself snapping all the time yeah I think it's that age-old thing of like fearing niche you know fearing writing down specifics in case people don't see themselves in them but I know that they'll have their equivalent version of that it's yeah. just like a lot more real and concrete and away from the frameworks that I'm using when I'm working with people it's sticking it's like articulating their lived experience a little bit better like more more concretely not just the feelings inside or the kind of yeah their inner conflicts it's like making it more 3d and meaty yeah. what's actually happening in their everyday lives yeah and when you get that when you achieve that language you know it's not rocket science it's just about pushing yourself to the next level because it's very easy to reach for these kind of buzzwords and these this kind of language that we hear around us, especially if we're in a particular industry, we're steeped in that language and we instantly yes. know what it means. But you are asking somebody to burn mental calories to try and figure out yeah. for them. They're having to work a lot to understand what it is that I offer, whether it's scrolling yeah. past, you know, yeah, white space yeah. or yeah, it does feel almost like rocket science, but I know it isn't. It's just that last piece. It's kind of what I'm resisting embodying in a way. And it also, of course, mirrors my own process where there's a part of me that's maybe resisting making my work accessible, you know, fully. And that is, you know, there's my, my inner stuff is coming up, you know, minor child, minor, whatever, former lives as a witch, all of that stuff on all the different levels is like holding me back from just very simply articulating some of these experiences to really, really connect with women. So it's it's mirroring that thing of like, it's the last bit that's maybe the easiest for some people. But for me, it represents like making it really, really, really real, you know? So that's when you the say part the last I, bit, what do you mean? It's almost like it's all kind of up here and I see everything in archetypes and a lot of my own person is operating these realms that are more ethereal, you know, even though I'm also very much in my body. But it's like, it's kind of like communicating things clearly enough for me to match up with more of the people that I'm here to work with mm -hmm. and really let things, you know, kick off and really be in flow in my business and more than just the level. It's like me stepping into my next level. And, um, you know, the way of, of course, the work that we do articulate or mirrors our own process, you know, so I can see how it's also a bit of a self-sabotage move because yeah. it's, it is actually a thing that I'm good at with other people's work and I can see clearly other people, but, yeah. as a, a little hd projector i'm i'm kind of you know it's like staying vague about stuff that actually you know you're obviously helping me ground a little bit more here which is totally doable <laughs> it's not actually impossible the, the um the image that came to my mind while you were talking is literally like you live in a townhouse or in a house with like multiple floors and but when people come in they're not coming in at the attic they're coming in on the ground floor Mm. Oh, you want to say it, and so like that's where you have to meet them. 
it's right. a terrible experience if they're hovering around your stoop and they're not sure where to go and you're up in the attic yeah, you know? i know that's such a good metaphor so <laughs> i'm either you... away with the fairies in the forest or, or up yeah, yeah exactly exactly and you know when you said you're ethereal and you're, you're thinking in terms of archetypes and that's all the next level but like take that coat open the door you know yes. have them remove their shoes and get comfortable first yeah um, meet them where they're at yeah yeah exactly amazing i loved what you said about um well the film metaphor you know kind of that tip about imagining it as a film there's no hiding from that that's yeah. really really helpful yeah. <laughs> i can kind of argue my case as much as i want but like <laughs> if there's no subtitles you know i'm gonna have to get smarter about it and also welcoming people you know at the ground floor is beautiful that's such a it's a really helpful yeah you're speaking in stories you know you're speaking in um in real narrative so that's a really helpful thing for me to keep in my keep in mind and in my heart when i review all the language yeah well i really enjoyed this and i love your logo mm -hmm. and i love the look of your site and i can't wait to see what you do you know what you do once you go back to it me too i'm so grateful for your wisdom uh jip yeah, really really grateful really priceless thank you so much you are welcome what did you think does this prompt you to take a look at your website? Where can you improve on font and layout? What impression are you leaving first-time visitors to your website with? Would they be interested enough by that very first screen to keep reading? If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know so I can bring you more of the behind-the-scenes coaching that I do with my clients. And if you want some of that coaching for yourself, shoot me an email at jayati at cuttingchaistories.com so we can talk about working together. In the show notes, you'll find links to the two podcast episodes I mentioned to Delphine, and you might find them useful as well. If you'd like to know more about Delphine and what she offers, her links are also in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Until I see you again next Thursday, are you meeting your clients at the front door?